We're pumped this week to be supported by the first big road race of the year, the Think Big Run the Bridge in Hobart. It includes Australia's richest 10km road race and for the past two years has been the fastest 10k road race in Australia. It's coming up on Feb 27th and it includes a 10k, a 5k and a 1k event. Head to hobartrunthebridge.com.au for more information. Welcome to episode number 222 of the Inside Running Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another week. Big show coming at you. Got Australian records to talk about, Zatapec results to talk about, that Australian championship that was last week. Uh, a few listener questions. Well, thanks to Patreon supporters. Moose on the loose. I'm kind of laughing as I say that, Moose, because I'm not sure where you're going tonight. I'm just strapping myself in for when we get to that segment. And um, yeah, we'll be uh, no interview this week, but I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about as it is. Welcome my co-host up in Canberra, Brad Croker. How are you going? I'm good, Brady. Back on the tools today. It was n- nice to get back to school and um, running is a lot better today than it was this time last week. So back, back nothing in the to complain about. You. This is early. I thought you'd take a couple of weeks to pick up some emergency days. Yeah, I I'm guess, surprised. Yeah. Like, today, like, it was only year sevens really there today, sevens and, se- and years 11 and 12. So to get a call up, um, yeah, it was quite rare, but yeah, it was nice Nice way to ease into the into the working year. Did it knock you around a bit working one day? No, it was pretty good. I'm in again Wednesday and Thursday. Did you have to do a rapid test before you went in? No. ACT don't have to do that. Oh, uh, they've they're going to give them out. They're um, optional, but uh, I I wasn't given like they've given them to permanent staff. I think they're in their pigeonhole today, but I wasn't offered one. Mm. No. But I think I'm okay for like because I only had COVID two weeks ago. I think I'm okay for the next couple of weeks anyway. Okay, got a bit of a window that, there. Um, second a, class citizen, the um, the temp teacher. Yeah. Is that what yeah. they call you? A temp? Uh, work? Yeah, relief, relief teacher. Substitute. They still say that. Mm. Yeah, oh, mainly relief at my school. Yeah. Good, Julian Spence, Dan Anglesey. Welcome to you to this week's show. Thank you. How you going? Uh, oh, mate, got some momentum going with my running. Have you? Feeling, yeah, I, I do. I'm feeling good again. First time I felt good and like strung together a, well, let's, I mean, I've, I, first time I've had a week of that volume feeling pretty good in, in, I don't know how long. I think I did like 140K unless my Strava was messed up, but it was, it, it all went well and, um, and even today's runs went pretty good, so like that's a good sign. Because you can anyone can punch out a like a decent week, but it's how you come back the next week that really matters. And then the week after that, and just 
stacking them up. I, people get obsessed with running, oh, I've got to run 100 miles or whatever. There's no point if, if you can't do 10 of them in a row or like down weeks or whatever. But there's no point doing one big week if, if your body can't handle um, coming back from it and just keeping, keeping other weeks ticking over. Yeah, consistent skyscrapers on Strava. That's what you want. That leads to good yeah. performance. You don't need the big Rialto Tower and then, like, just nothing. Yeah. What, where would that be? What's the city we got that's got, like, no big buildings except one, maybe? Toronto. Canberra. Oh, yeah. Canberra's got, got that Cam- tower. The Telstra yeah, Tower, the tower. Well, isn't it? Yeah. What are they doing? From now on, yeah. If someone cooks himself doing one big week, getting caught up in it, <laughs> we'll call them the, Can- the Canberra Tower. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. Hey, uh, your Strava says 120k as well, so you put a bit of mayo on that 140, or you're just not uploading it? Oh, I don't put up warm-ups and cool-downs. I just, because it goes to, um, does it really say that? Because it, yeah, it, it goes to... 121.5. Oh, you must not see. Last last week, last week I did 120, oh, shit. Why does it say less now? It's 109 the week before, yeah. Oh, it's coming off different. It's going off different weeks. It's it's counting a start date as different, I reckon, because, oh, maybe I uploaded. Maybe I, hmm, anyway. For me now, it's got 127.5. Oh, no, that's last year, sorry. I got 121.5, I got. Mm, So do I, Craig. Your last week. I'm all over the shop here. Oh, let me click this. This is great listening. 139.5, actually. That's the answer. Not I mustn't have... Yeah, you want me to upload all my... Um, yeah, because that's like four... That's four 4K plus jobs. So, what, of course, you know... Why do you not upload those? Well, they upload, but I, I'm set to automatically go to private. Oh, okay. And so I, I actually manually have to... Uh, to, to make them viewable, so yeah, gotcha. yeah they're the ones. Well, maybe you should got. change change that setting. It's a real highlight reel, isn't it, Croaks? Just mis, misconceiving, you know, for the followers oh. out there. I only get to see the good stuff. Man, I'm looking after you. I'm just clogging your feet up with these shitty warm-ups I and like cool-downs. Stuff. You're all right on Strava. I like to see mm, the whole picture. It gives you more, more opportunity to put, put up fun photos and stuff, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, Monday. Do you want... You want me to, oh, I'm talking about my week. Yeah, yeah. may as well. Been doing it for the last four and a half minutes, yeah. so better keep going. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it started on the 24th, I believe, um, and I ran uh, 12.5K, ran with Matty Gunther, so he came down. It's just coming back, about to get on the chalk, as you nerds would say. Got a job. Guess where he got a job at? Anglesey. No, Geelong Grammar. Oh, Richest school. Does he get paid more working there? Yeah, so he gets paid about like baseline twenty five grand more. He reckons. No, really? Yeah, he'd be already he'd already be on a hundred. He'd already be on one hundred and ten a grand a year. The rich get richer. What do you mean? No, he wouldn't, mate. He's fucking worked Mm. at North Geelong. Yeah, but it matters on how many years you've been teaching, not what schools you worked at. No way he's on that. If so, his coaching fees are about to go up. Mm. Um. Anyway, Geelong Grammar got the got the cross country could get there. They came last by a mile every single race last year, and he worked his way weaselled his way into become a maths teacher. Mm. All right. Yeah, that, 
that got done. Then um, the Arvo, I just ran a double with Kieran. Like I did a thresh test on him beforehand, and then we just cooled down together. Well, he cooled down. I jogged. Um, 10 miler in the morning. See, I, this week I actually was supposed to be in Fiji. We booked a trip there with Ali, like to to sort of have a relax or whatever, and and they were brave enough to go, but we weren't. So I wasn't scheduled at work, so I had a bit of a training week. Uh, so I got out for 16k. We ran with Eliza, another run strong girl, and um, yeah, had a good loop around town. Then next day was a workout, so we went to Gundry's Road, which is just a really good. If you, I'll do yourself a favour, Brady. Click on this workout, five by two minutes, one minute, 30 second, all hard with a minute jog between them all. Yep, clicked on it. Go down and check out that elevation profile. Elevation. See any flat bits? Elevation gains 157. Um, how do you see the profile? Oh, oh you yeah. go to the bottom. Did you go out and back? Yeah, out and back. Yeah, because yeah. like mirrored. Yep. There the, is the no biggest hills. The biggest hills at the turn. Yep, exactly. Yeah, it's like a gradual climb out there. Uh, so it was good to run with Matt because he, uh, he's coming back, not real fit, and I'm also coming back, not real fit. But we had a good workout together. We stayed together the whole way, which is which was um, good. Pretty rare, actually, that we, we ever do that, especially like 30-minute-plus session. Normally someone feels good, buries the other person, but I think maybe we're getting more mature in our you know, thinking, don't need to bury people. Then next day, uh, oh, that night jogged around, bloody busy, because it was Australia Day. Like, people in town, just carnage. Not very friendly people either. No one saying hello, people crowding the path. Just not the, not, I'm, I'm glad January's over, put it that way. Uh, back on the good loop the next day, so an hour. Uh, last night was the night after Zatapec, so that was we should call it Zatapec Day from now on, instead of Australia Day. What do you reckon? If they're going to do this from now on, do you think Zatapec they'll Day. keep it on Australia Day? Because there's a lot of events like distancing themselves from Australia Day, and like this has obviously been because the last two years with COVID restrictions in December. Do you think it will go think back to December? Yeah. Well, I, think conditions are better. I think conditions are better in December. Like, mm. I think it's I think just going to get too many hot days um, late January in Melbourne, whereas you don't get quite as many in December. Yeah, I think they'll go back to yeah, COVID-related. Yeah. Um, so you've got an hour. Gee, it's been humid down here. I don't know about you boys, oh, but... Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, some water <laughs> in the air. everywhere, isn't it? it yeah, it yeah. is. I, I finished my run this afternoon... And was just dripping. I felt like I was in Queensland. Like that's how they would experience like just about every run, I'd imagine. Yeah, this was hundred percent humidity. It says on your Strava boost for this run. Was it really? It yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. You, you you get home and you come inside, and because there's no air moving, you just literally start pouring sweat. And it takes me probably twenty minutes to to stop sweating. And if I go in the shower, so after this run, I had a cold shower. And I thought, oh, this will cool me down. I'll be be right. I got out of the shower five minutes later, put put my clothes on, pouring with sweat still from <laughs> still trying to cool down. It, it, nasty. Have you guys got um, evaporative air conditioning as well? That just does nothing in the humidity. Is that? Oh well, we have like a um, reverse cycle. Oh, is no, that what that is? No, no, that's, no. Yeah. no. Oh, they, evaporative yeah. split systems is what you want in the humidity. What's the difference? 
The vapid is like when it's got that big unit on your roof and then it goes into every room like individually, comes oh. out of the roof, and they just don't work much in humidity. And it basically pumps cool. It pumps like the way it cools is it runs it. Yeah, it runs hot air from outside through like water. And the problem is like when you have, well, from what I understand is when you have high humidity, like there's already a lot of water in the in the air, and you just pump more water in there. So oh. like when, when we have it on here in Canberra. Like, so it's really good for dry places where there's low humidity. Um, in Canberra, if it's humid and we put that thing on, our tiles are just covered in water because it's just, it's just, too, it's just too saturated. Like, but does it know, cool it down? Not as well. No, no, it, did, it, make, it just makes it really hard to breathe because, like, there's just so much water in the air. Yeah, we can't yeah. get our house, like, cooler than 25. Like, we can have it on flat out the whole day and it doesn't go lower than 25 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no good at all, yeah. especially with kids. The uh, the upside to all this, though, is you get the heat gains. Mm, and after away. a couple of weeks, I reckon we've all had it. It's like all been sort of mentioning how hot it is for a few weeks now, like starting to feel a bit fitter. Condition to the um, condition to the, the heat, too. Like if you go out and it's, it's warm, you just feel a little bit better. And that's probably what's contributing to that high sweat rate, too. I reckon what you're doing as well, if your heart rate data is accurate, is you're running a lot at heart rate. Like a lot of your jogs, similar to mine, are like 15, 20 seconds a case slower than what they would be yeah. in winter. You just got to, because yep. it just drains it, doesn't it? Yeah, it's all heart rate. Yeah. And that's the, that is the key for these conditions. Like, yeah, if you tried to push through this, you would just be, your heart rate would be like, well, for me, if I was pushing at 420s in this, I would be right. I would, my heart rate would be like 155, and that's um, that's like middle of the gray zone, gray zone territory. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, not recovering, but not getting fitter, really. Slower um, is better, yeah. For a lot of listeners out there, would love to hear that. I reckon just slow them down. Oh, it takes conditions. the pressure off. Oh, yeah, so I mean, especially when yeah. you have any other data coming at you, just heart rate on your screen and time, like overall time yep. of the run. It's exactly what mine is, yep. and no, like. Same. Turn your auto splits off. Yeah. You don't need to see a 1K split on a jog no. at all. Makes no difference whatsoever. So turn it off and just relax. And, uh, the, yeah, the, coming back from, like, people should probably be investing in those heart rate monitors, I reckon, just to make sure that um, once they do come back from, from COVID, like most people are going to get it eventually, if not or have already had it, just to make sure they're not pushing through, like, when they're not quite recovered yet yeah i'm wearing mine every day at the moment and just waiting for the day that my heart rate's through the roof <laughs> before i do a rapid to be like okay i've got it finally got it my heart rate monitor's onto it hey what what so I, I actually just want to read out like this um i want to read out what an exchange with what um he said uh his 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 wife and kids got covid and he was in the car, he said, and he was in the house with them the whole time, said, still haven't caught the COVID, but I'm a bit tired today. Crack on with the long run or maybe halve it. Um, I said, do you think you've got it? He said, I've got, I've done three rats and a PCR all negative. Um, my resting heart rate is up pretty high today. Mm. So that's the only thing that's off. I could be training too. Um, and I said, yeah, don't push it. Then he said, I've, I've done one more PCR today and that'll be, come back tomorrow. 
if that's negative, I actually must be immune. Um, <laughs> he said, uh, in the end, I didn't go running. Something was telling me it wasn't a good idea. Even my heart rate now is 70, which is super high. I said, I reckon you've got it. He said, um, uh, positive. That's his next <laughs> message from the next day. <laughs> yeah, imagine yeah. if the Australian government just gave everyone heart rate monitors instead of rat tests. So yeah, just, yeah. just go for a little jog or walk every day when you start seeing it higher than usual. Isolate for seven yeah. days. Pretty smart. Anyway, that was, um, yeah. Oh, yeah, that afternoon I ran and I saw one of the ghost deer around town, but it had it was one of the ones with just massive um, antlers. And you see these things, like fully white albino deer with huge antlers on them, like almost twice as high as the actual deer is standing. Just so impressive of a sight when you're at, just in the Australian bush to see that. I know they're feral creatures and they <laughs> destroy the environment down here. People want to kill them, but it's still an impressive sight when you see one because they're never like in your face. You've got to spot them through the bush to see it, and it's 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 always a fun time. Uh, next day, I ran a threshold three by ten minutes down at Mary's Inlet. So I met up with Jordan, um, footy footy player, and I did. Uh, I went to like half out, half back. Um, it was uphill on the way out. The, the weather was actually a little better this time. Um, like it wasn't quite as warm. Humidity was 94%, but it was only 18 degrees. So yeah, it was it was, an, it was a nicer morning. Uh, if I just click my laps. So first one I went out, 321s with a, with a decent heart rate, then 328s, which was a hilly section, 170, and then 323s, 172 for the last 10 minutes so again only thing showing was heart rate and lap time um, so I don't actually care what the what the pace was but it's nice to um, see it get quicker towards the end even though it was downhill uh, just shows you didn't blow up during the workout then double Niavo Sunday the next day we went down to um, Aries Inlet again parked at Currawong Falls and ran halfway along Karawong Falls on the single track, so uphill. When we got to the top, we branched off onto a dirt road called Bamba Road, and that's a climb up to the very top of the hill, one of the highest points getting around, and then we're a big, long downhill on the way home. So it was a good long run. We, um, we had a good group there, a lot of people, and good banter. So I feel like the groups are coming back now. There's a bit of normality after after COVID and then school holidays and everything. Um, this is actually also the location, this spot, of the Run Strong camp that's coming up. So the Surf Coast Training um, Camp, we're calling it, because it's based right opposite Karawong Falls down here. It's like, a, um, it's like a school camp type thing where... Groups can rent it out or whatever. And um, fully catered, accommodation included. We're going to have people arrive on a Friday night, go for a jog. Saturday morning, we're going to do a workout down the road here. This is the spot where Ali does a lot of her training because it's near her house. Um, so if you heard about like Road to Nowhere, you want to come and have a look at the training location, this is it. Then um, we're going to do a couple of presentations. We've got uh, – well, we're just confirming the dietitian, but 
high-profile AA dietitian going to come and give a presentation. I'm going to have a chat about training. We're going to do a Q&A with Ali. And then um, Saturday Arvo, we might do a strength and conditioning session. Sunday morning, we're going to go for a long run. So there'll be different paces. We're going to have, like, obviously a faster group. We've got some good runners coming, 221 guy coming down on the camp. So there will be a chance to get faster if you're if you're um, a bit quicker, but there's also going to be multiple pace groups. So uh, if you're a, if you're not quite up at that pace, then there'll be no pressure to go at that. We're going to have a back group, so pretty real cruisy. Different loops available. So if you're not up to run long at this point, then all good. And yeah, that's the camp. What do you boys think? You reckon you you come down? What was the date? Sorry, did you say that? Oh, probably, dang. probably it's important like, you that date It's like April. Um, it's April. T- so April eight, nine, ten. April eight, nine, ten. Come yeah. down on the eighth. You coming, Hang on, I'm just uh, just emailing. Easter. I'm just emailing this invoice to Surf Coast Track Club <laughs> for. Hey, this isn't ad- advertising. Surf Coast Track Club will support the event, but they're not benefiting from this in any way. Uh, that's Canberra Marathon weekend, so I will not be there. It oh, is. Yeah, yeah you're right. I mean, it's Easter after that or before? It's uh, Easter's before that, I think. Run for the Kids is bef- the weekend before that. So I reckon that's like a more – that's that's a more followed event in Victoria, Run for the Easter, Kids. Easter's the weekend after. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so sounds good. Oh, I reckon Moose. you could, Brady, come down with your crew. Um, but it's a long way for us to travel, Moose. When you say crew, Brady's like, coming up like to Bendy, Brady's yeah. coming up to defend his half marathon title. Try go back to back, Canberra. Actually, good comment on this from one of the boys on the long run about uh about you complaining about your racing this week and 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 being sat on. I wasn't complaining one about the... my race, and I was complaining about other people's race tactics. No, 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 but you're complaining about someone sitting on you. Yeah. And uh, the guy on the long run mentioned, well, he bloody sat on me for 15K at Canberra Marathon. And I thought, that's a very good point. I've got no issues with sitting on people who are similar quality. But if you're a 346 guy and you're sitting on a guy who ran a marathon six weeks ago and hasn't run a 1500 for like eight years and like had run the 5K the night before, like just get the best out of yourself. What's he supposed to I do? Dis- I disagree. Before the start, it, it, isn't Say, he meant oh, to just win it? I'll talk about this in my way, fellas. But yeah, totally. So if I'm a three, if I'm a three forty six guy running against a four minute guy, then I'm just going to go and sit on him because I know I'll be able to kick him at the end. Mm. That's just, that's great racing. Just do some work. Cool tactics. No, but it wasn't cool just tactics. him. There was about five like guys quicker than me in the field that all sat on me as well, and I end up beating every other one of them bar him. <laughs> anyway, I'll get to Sam Williams in a second when, when it's my weekly recap. Is that the guy who won? Yep. Sam yep. Williams, king. King it, King of Ballarat. Is that his name? He runs for Geelong, us, Brady. Tell us, t- go and tell us about your week. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I had, uh, yeah, two races. Just cut straight to the 1500, though, actually. No, well, we've got some celebrations to do before then, boys. 60 minutes Monday, 4.48 pace. Nice and slow. Heart rate on. Tuesday, did a workout with Glenn. We did uh, three minutes, two minutes, one minute times three with a minute jog in between kind of like 320 pace for the threes 310 for the twos three minutes for the ones and then um i just got in the spikes did three 200s in 30 30 29 and then a and a 62 second um 400 off 200 meters job so that was good on the grass so you apply the two second rule for the 200 uh, for the 400 the one second rule for the 200 so a bit of speed in the legs there which i was happy with like before the race 
And then on Wednesday, I oh, actually Tuesday, Arvo, I got a jog done, just half an hour at 4.47s. On Wednesday, I got out for, that was Australia Day, wasn't it? Yeah, 60 minutes at 4.43s. Uh, Thursday, the day before my 5K, did an easy jog and strides, just 50 minutes and a few strides in there. And then Vic Country 5K Championships on the Friday. So I got out for 30 minutes in the morning, just at 4.46s, just to tip the legs over, because that was our first day back at work. And then after work, picked up Hudson from daycare, and we drove down to Bendigo. Um, but drove into a massive storm. I think they got something like 46 mils of rain in like an hour and a half there. Track like fully flooded. Um, I wasn't sure, yeah, what was going to happen with my race, but they ended up putting everything back about 90 minutes. So uh, our race didn't start till about quarter past nine. Super humid, 99% humidity it said on our Strava for this one. And um, one of those ones where you can just see it just sitting under the lights because it was dark by the time we raced, obviously. Really kind of like eerie kind of, um, yeah, feeling. Like kind of just, yeah, felt like it was the middle of the night and all this like fog just in the air. Anyway, so this was the Victorian 5K Championships. Um, country, country championships. Did I not say, sorry, don't miss country no. there. <laughs> this was the, uh, yeah, country championships of Victoria. Um, couple of Bella. What does that mean for, for like listeners? Yeah, overseas, overseas yeah. listeners, that means anywhere that's not like Melbourne. So like you'll be familiar with terms that obviously Chuka, where I'm from, um, well, I'm actually from Miami. I'm in a different state, but I'm registered in Victoria, so I can do these championships, I suppose. Uh, where Moose is from, down near like the surf coast and Geelong region, which is what? What's Geelong Moose? About one hundred and twenty thousand population. Second nah, big, like, more than it's that. More, it's like two. It'd be closer to two fifty now. Two fifty. Okay, yeah. So that'd be the second yeah. biggest um, city outside of Melbourne. Then you got Bendigo, where we talk about Bendigo bats all the time. Um, Shepparton's another big town in Victoria, but they don't have much of a running culture. And then you got like Gippsland and stuff down the other side of Melbourne. So. Yeah, it covers a lot of territory. And then like Aubrey, Wodonga as well, um, those guys up there. And this, this meet moves around to a different Victorian country town each um, each year. And Bendigo, like kind of, well, it doesn't go around to many of them. It's kind of like Bendigo, Ballarat, Geelong, maybe sometimes down in Gippsland. But it's very, um, it's not, it's pretty poorly attended probably. Like it's, you might get one or two decent people in in most of the races but the fields aren't really deep so when you see people banging on like i'm about to about winning fit country championship medals uh there's a bit of mayonnaise usually on that but um yeah it was a good good race i was just excited to be in it like and taking the opportunities to race kind of post olivia's birth and not being in that good of a shape at the moment i thought it'd be a good way to kind of try and race myself fit and get involved in a local competition that's obviously pretty close to home and my parents are there as well so i kind of uh let them see hudson they can look after him while i have a bit of a race two ballarat boys went straight to the front moose um ben and oh, what was the other guy's name he, he pretty much led fight out will 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 ford um so they both well will pretty much went to the front and just started yeah dropping 73s pretty much consistent as Set up a bit of a train with, um, I was sitting in third and Ned Buckle was sitting in fourth. And then I think the third K just turned it up a bit, a few like 71, 72s in there. And there was a little gap that just formed in between me and um, Ben. And then Ned, who was sitting in fourth, kind of came around me to kind of cover that move. And I just went through a couple of rough laps in there. 
And it just felt like sweat going everywhere, just a bit draining, like 9.15 at night, I'm usually in bed at that time. I wasn't really motivated and just, yeah, went to a bit of a rough patch, but hung in there. And then I really didn't want to get into a, well, I had this problem where I wanted to save as much energy for the 1500 the next day. Um, but the same, so I kind of wanted the 5k to be slower, but at the same time, I didn't want to be in a sprint finish with these boys because they're way younger than me. And I probably didn't back my kick enough. So I, I went to the front with two laps to go and uh, ran a 66 and got rid of everyone other than Ned Buckle, who uh, who's a Bendigo bat guy with a mullet. You seen him getting around? Buckle twins, there's two of them. This is Ned. Been the name around, actually. Yeah, really good runner. He's um, He ran 358 the other day at Vic Myler's Club. He's been up at Falls Creek with Andy for two and a half weeks. So I thought mm. he was uh, a bit of a threat. And then... Yeah, dropped a 66 the second last lap and got rid of everyone bar him. And then just kept trying to turn the pace up every 100 metres in that last lap. Got um, about 250 metres to go and we're about to lap somebody. And I moved out into lane two to kind of get ready to go around him. And little Ned snuck up the inside of me, straight up the inside. Uh, got in front of me because then he, he had to go wide as well. And then I thought I just got to got to get on him here. He's probably like two hundred meters to go. Got on him around the bend, held on, and then um, yeah, kicked away in the home straight to to take the win in fifteen oh one, off a two forty four last k. But most of that like good stuff was in the last eight hundred. I think we were like two seven two eight for the last eight hundred. So um, it was a cool race. It was good to see. And the other two boys came in in like fifteen ten and fifteen twenty ish. So um, yeah. Considering the conditions and stuff, I'll take that, given where I'm at fitness-wise. So then cool de- oh, I'll collect my gold medal croaks. So I got up on the podium there, got the gold medal presented to me, and then um, cooled down, and then a bit of a shake on Saturday morning. And you wouldn't guess who I bumped into, fellas. Just went for a little run just near my parents' house. Run past Roman Nafe from the live stream. He was down there. Couldn't believe it. So, um, yeah, did a bit of running with Nafe. He was warming up for his steeplechase for my shakeout and then in the afternoon did the 1500 meters and this one i was probably probably the fifth fastest guy in the field and you're racing against guys who haven't obviously done the 5k the night before so i was just thinking if i can snag a medal here and i'm probably going all right if i can maybe break four minutes that would be a, a good result a good weekend and then we went out pretty hard first like 150 200 was pretty hot and then we got into the home straight of the first kind of 300 there and just everyone just threw the brakes on and like nearly running up the backs of each other and it was like a 20k headwind um coming down the straight so i just decided to go to the front and i thought oh, i'll just keep this honest at least still gives the chance to run a pretty quick time hopefully you know 358 359 noble no noble of you. took one for the team went straight at the front and then yeah we got i got to had a mate yelling out splits at 400 and he yelled out 64 and i thought okay this is good and then I thought I'll do another one. And then I did like, I think he said 65 for the second one. And then I'm just like, everyone's just piled up on my shoulder. So this is with like 700 meters to go. And I'm just looking around like, come on, someone's got to help out the old the old fella here. Do some work, guys. We're not running the Olympic 1500 meter final. Like, do some work. Get the best out of yourselves. You Sounds sit- like they're waiting for the pacemaker to step off. Exactly. You're, like, hold- you're holding them up. That's what it was like. I'm like, you're sitting on the wrong guy. Let's, I'm like, I'm the fifth fastest guy in here. I'm not sure why you're trying to outkick me. But anyway. Brady, there was only one bloke sitting on you. Everyone else was sitting on the person in front of them. Oh, but they were like, well, kind of like nearly three wide at one stage. Anyway, so I kind of... I thought, I was, I was a bit annoyed at this stage, so I'm like, no, nah, I'm just going to make this a bit of a fartlek. So if you click on my Strava and look at the, the cadence, you'll just see it like just goes up and down. 
So I just started like surging 100, floating when we had a bit of a headwind, surging again. And then we got to 400 to go and no shit, well, like three people across the track and no one was willing to like take over the lead. And I'm like, we've got 400 meters to go. Someone's got to put in a move somewhere. And no one still did. So I just, just went hard from the bow. I thought, stuff it. I'll try and outkick all these guys. Uh, put the foot down at the, at the bow, got out the back straight. And um, yeah, Sam Williams, just there's a 346 guy, just went flashing past me on the outside. And I'm like, oh no, he's got, there's going to be another like three or four guys going past me. And then they didn't. I kind of jumped on him as best I could. Not a very good, uh, you know, stay on. Probably only lasted about 20 meters, but it was probably enough to just help me detach from the other guys in the field as well. And then just pretty much ran scared the last 150 meters, got second, got the silver medal in uh, four minutes and four seconds. And Sam was four minutes and one second. So he put, yeah, three seconds into me in 250 meters. He looked, he looked good. But um, I was just, yeah, I was just annoyed. I'm like, just, yeah, I don't know. I was fuming. What's your PB? What's your PB? 353. I reckon that was, that would be close to the second best PB in the field. Yeah, but I'm, yeah. Not, a, I'm not in 1500 meter PB shape. That PB was that, from about no, no, twelve that, years ago. Though. That's your P, that's your PB. That, yeah, like I'm, I'm the, the other people in the field yeah. don't come up and ask you, "Oh, hey mate, what's your uh, what's your current form like?" They might have seen oh Brady's run. No, but if you do a, if you were to do a marathon in in two months' time because you were I don't know you just want to get one on the board, people aren't treating how you do, like a two fourteen guy. Just how do they know? How do they know what you've done? I don't know. How yeah. does the guy sitting behind you know that you did a marathon? Don't know. Probably should have. Don't know. Exactly. Give him a call. There's one thing that matters. Who Weird. crosses the line first? Anyway, I got second, which was it was a decent effort. It was a good weekend getting a gold and silver. I'll take that. Um, Pretty good run, really. Would have would Pretty have preferred to be a bit 405. quicker. Four oh five. No, I'm disappointed with that. Like the kids' race was one in quicker than what Sam ran. Some kid from Ballarat. Is it Archie um, Caldwell or something like that? Caldo. Caldo. Yeah. He ran. He said to me yeah, at the start line, goes, you better run quicker than what I run, Brady. And I'm like, what'd you run? It's like 401. I'm thinking, geez, probably just here, mate. Turns out none of us ran quicker than what he ran. Anyway. Did he run it the same night as you did? Yeah, he ran gun to tape like 20 minutes before us. Mm. Yeah. It was Ballarat, Ballarat strength. And that's just that. what you want to see. Just people having a crack like that kid did. That's all you oh, want to mate, see. Oh, mate, give just it a have spell. A it's track racing. Anyway. I don't see, anyway, I don't I, see you anyway. having a crack at Centro. Were you? I was no, Centro. Centro. I've told you this. I was Centro, leading them through. Oh, you... Just, just couldn't hang on in that last lap. No, Centro is the guy that crosses the line first and gets the gold medal, oh, Brady. No. I think I ran the last lap of the five k quicker than I did the last lap of the fifteen hundred as well. I was, uh, I was in a world of hurt that last lap. Anyway, then on Sunday went for a long run with most of the Benio Bats guys. Um, we did about uh, eighty minutes, and then we finished off at the track because we had a couple of Bendigo Bats guys running there. Nate Stoat, who got the win in thirty thirty one, good run for him, gun to tape by himself. And uh, Jamie the Beast Cook got uh, got third there, so a good showing for the Bats in that race. And that was my week, one hundred and seventeen kilometres, third week back over one hundred and fifteen k. So starting to tickle on the right. Give me two or three weeks, and I think I'll be going fine. Five k frenzy coming up in a couple of weeks, Moose Friday. Send yes, sending some athletes up. to that because none of them, none of the Geelong guys really rocked up to this one, did they? Big countries. But Stewie might come. Stewie, yeah. no, any surf coast track guys coming? Gap, oh Park? no, Toby. No, 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 no. Not Bendigo. Oh, Toby considered it, I think. Yeah. Uh, considered it, but paced at what 14, day Friday. Yeah, it's paced at Friday night. Pacing at fourteen twenty-five to get the nationals qualifier. 
Anyone out I there? I do. Uh, I think I'll take the first three. I think Glenn's going to take the first 1K, and then I'm going to try to get it at three, three and a half K. Who's, um, who wants the qualifier? Nathan Pierce, Roman Nath. But he set this up for it. Yeah, he Nate said, Pierce is setting up races now. He said to me on Saturday, what's your plans for the frenzy? And I said, oh, I don't think I'm in shape to race like fast, so I'm more than happy to pace. And he goes, yeah, well, there's heaps of guys want to run under 14.25 if you can get us to three, three and a half K. So uh, there's heaps of guys now. That's what he reckons. You know how he knows everyone in Melbourne. Not just not just Nate, though. No, not just Nate. Well, I you just, just said you're setting it up for Nate. Yeah, well, he's the one who came up with the idea. He'll be, mm. There'll be more than one guy there, though. Well, that'll be good then. That'll yeah. be strong. Well, Archie and Nate Stoke, for starters, they'll both be around that pace a bit quicker, hopefully. I think Andy Buchanan's going to run again, try to go back-to-back. They're setting, the, they're setting yes. a new tent up, but it's going to go the whole straight this year, they reckon, 100 metres or 95 metres. A lot of this time stuff is dependent on how the weather, the weather is. Yeah. yeah. You, Bendigo you, is a windy track. You saw that last yeah, year. I yeah, I remember it last year. It wasn't great, and, and then it will come down to racing again. They got cash on again. I'm not 100% sure about the cash, but I think people are just looking for an opportunity to run a 5K track race because there's not many of them. Well, they've got um, Box Hill Burns on March 8th. That's a 3K, though. What? Yeah, Box Hill Burns, a 3K. Really? Yep. Oh, damn. But are you sure? Yeah, well, it was last year, I'm just assuming. It has been the last couple of years. Um, nah. Yeah, definitely. Box Hill Burns a 5K. No, it's not. You're thinking there's ones that that Collingwood one I did last year and the Richmond one and that there, like 5Ks. You are? No, 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 no. Mate, Google it. Google it like Croaks is talking. All right. Put a slab, do, of, do you want to put a slab of beer on it? No, because you sound confident. Yeah, because I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Croaks, tell us about your week. Uh, all right, so Monday, got out in the morning, 10.5K, 429s. Uh, I think I mentioned last week, like, I uh, was having sort of pain through like adductors, hips, that sort of thing. Um, so similar run the next day, uh, another 10.5K at 4.31s. And then I took a day off um, just because the physio said, look, don't for, for a while until you build the volume up, try and not run more than, you know, two to three days in a row before having a day off. Um, plus just with that uncomfortable feeling I was getting through my adductors and hips, I thought, you know what, I'll just take a day off. Hopefully it'll settle. And then, I got out in the afternoon on Thursday, and it was the first afternoon run I've done. Um, listened to the long and the short of it, episode three, so that was quite enjoyable. And this was by far the best run since, like, mid-December. Um, like it was pretty warm. I tried to actually hook up. My heart rate didn't um, sync up with my Coros for some reason. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever had any issues with that. Like, I've experienced once or twice where – you know, you set, you press the button to get up the um, satellite, and often the heart rate will then come on. And I just just couldn't get it to work, so I didn't have heart rate. But um, what heart rate you got? What monitor? Uh, a polar. Polar what? Uh, I don't know. H10 or H9? Maybe maybe H10. Oh, mate, I've been having two the same issue. Two brand new polar H10s won't link up, and it's not just to my it's not just to my Coros. Mm. It's to my um. It's even to my treadmill. And my cross trainer. So, yeah, I've been pretty disappointed. I've had to replace the battery a couple of times. It kind of resets it and links up once, but then it forgets it. Yeah. So I've gone back to wearing my Garmin heart rate monitor run and heart rate monitor pro. I got a new one and no dramas whatsoever. So I've just yeah. given the polar switch. It's sort of frustrating because I like sort of stuffed around a little bit, like, you know, sort of reset it and just 
um, and then when I got home, I sort of thought, well, maybe it's the battery. I took the battery out, but then, but then what I did was um, I tried to then hook it up to my old Garmin uh, 245 Music, and it hooked up straight away. So I've basically just been using that ever since, and also stops me then from having to wear two watches um, because I often have the Coros and the Garmin on the other one, um, so I can listen to music. So, um, but but in terms of how I felt, like 415s was um yeah just awesome i didn't have any of that adductor stuff so it's, it's just one of those things if i don't run everything through back hips and everything just locks up and it just takes a little while for that to sort of get back to normal um we just be expected if you haven't run for five to six weeks like <laughs> your body's not going to feel amazing when you come back so that was encouraging um, i then took the next day off because i wanted to just up it a little bit from sort of the 45 minute runs so then i went out on saturday morning um and it was yeah it was feral like it was 23 degrees when i ran at 9 30 with like 90 percent humidity so i think the apparent temperature was like 27 degrees uh, so i did an hour 424s uh it was okay heart rate was like through the roof like i actually at one point like didn't even believe the heart rate like i i hit i got into the 170s running 420s um <laughs> So I'm not sure if that's accurate or not. Average 157. Like when I'm when I'm fit, like I rarely hit 175 in a session. So uh, anyway, so then the next day um, I decided just to run on the treadmill because I thought, well, because it was another one of those sort of stormy days. I thought, you know what, I'll control my heart rate way better if I'm just on the treadmill. So uh, just put the Coffee Club podcast in and uh, did 75 minutes uh on on 12k an hour average heart rate 143 for a week of 60k so i was in the 30s i think the week before or 36 and gone to 60 um yeah everything's feeling pretty good had a good run again this afternoon so i'll try and i'll run every day from now and um probably aim to hit around 90k this week just jogging and then next week look to start some light sessions mm. Good there, on the on the, yeah. on the oh, right side mass, of it. Massive, massive improvement. Yeah, like even right. even this afternoon felt good. Like, Better this week than you were last week, Rogues. Yeah, trending upwards. <laughs> it's, it's difficult to run for seventy minutes just with a podcast. I would have thought you need some sort of visual to look at on a treadmill. Uh, they're pretty good like on a podcast, U- like like an iPad or something, just to yeah. watch a YouTube or something. Well, at one point I was, well, yeah, I was going to watch something, but I, I don't know. I just get into a rhythm and I'm, I'm fine. Like I, yeah, I, I really don't mind running on the treadmill at all. Was that the episode before Milrose Games where they were previewing? Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Which, which, which was interesting because, so I ran at like nine thirty in the morning, so it was, uh, you know, about an hour after the races had been run. So it was quite cool knowing what the results were and then hearing what they were sort of thinking in the lead up. Hmm. Well, you might well, How confident were they? Um, yeah, we'll go to the results well. now. Do you want to go to them? And then we can come yeah, back right. and thanks to Patreon supporters. So Milrose Games, you probably know more about it than me, Croaks, but one of the, if not the biggest indoor meet in the world. They were talking yeah, about that. Like, they were like, is it the biggest? Yeah, like I think it's very prestigious. Like you see the you see the trophy, and you know I don't know how how many years have been. Do you know how many years have been going, Brady? But like no, there's there's a ton of names on it. But it's I think it has a lot of history back from the days of like your Rom, um, your walkers and and that sort of thing. Like you know the who's who of, of middle distance running or milers has sort of won that event. 
114 so, this was. Yeah. That's massive, yeah. isn't it? So there's a lot of, lot of history there. Um, Herb Alley have a win? I'm opening up the winning uh, stuff now. I guess it's, it's a tough one for – like I've never really got into it that much because – I guess over here, like in the indoor stuff's just never really been that popular. Um, and you know, back when I was running 1500s, there also wasn't the social media. Like, see, you would never actually be able to watch the race, or yeah, and very rarely you probably like you probably wouldn't even really hear the results that much. Um, but now it's you know you can pretty much watch it live. So, but yeah, would that be the first Aussie to have won it? Yeah, no, I think. I'm what about my, doing my best? Does Mottram, did Mottram win it? I'm thinking that um, it's weird we for might have season had... two, isn't it? Yeah, I've got them over. But there. they used to tour over there. Nah, the the first, fellas... first Australian ever win at Ollie Hall this year in three fifty point eight three. Didn't he just miss the record as well? Nah, around three fifty point six. Nah, nah. Um, Kajelcha, I think, run way faster. He's oh, ran like yeah. three forty eight. Yeah. Well, I reckon yeah. Centro had the record, and uh, yeah, he, he was saying on the podcast after he left Salazar, Salazar then was coaching Kajelcha yeah. and was like making a joke that he wanted him to send him out there to to beat the record. Pretty but um, Bernal pretty dominant Gatt, run from Ollie though. Bernard Gat ran it won it six years in a row. Mm. Being on the show, he must have eight or nine wins as well. But yeah, no other. Yeah, Centro won it like three times. Um, but yeah, so like they had a pacemaker. Once the pacemaker set uh, pulled off, uh, Ollie was then in front, and Josh Kerr, who won the bronze at the Olympics in the fifteen hundred, he um, went around Ollie with I don't know like four hundred to go maybe, um, and then they got to the bell because the two hundred meter two hundred meter track, and then down sort of the back straight, so like probably one fifty to go. Um, Ollie just went around him and, and made it look pretty easy, to be honest, and, and opened up a, a big gap in, in 100 metres. Um, you know, he won by nearly two seconds, didn't he? It's a very impressive run, wasn't it? Mm, yeah. Yeah, it was good to see him winning. Um, it was pretty up and about. Uh, in the women's race, we had Jessica Hull in the mile there. So that he broke the Australian indoor record, didn't he? Do we say yeah, that about yep. Ollie Hall? Yeah. Yep. yeah. What's his Charlie Hunt, outdoor Charlie, record? Charlie Hunter held it beforehand. Um, Stewie, Stewie broke it last year. Remember, three forty, three forty-eight. Okay, yeah, so it's, yeah, still mm. a bit of a gap there, to Stewie. But the way Ollie finished, though, but he does enjoy running on the indoor track, doesn't he? Often runs the yeah. best. And also, what I like about Ollie's run is, you know, he's improved his strength. You know, he ran like what thirteen oh nine for an indoor five k in like December, and I reckon this is coming off not a whole heap of. 1500 mile specific sessions mm. so you know it's it's pretty good to be running that time this at this time of the year for probably the training he's been doing yeah and there was a really good um sidious mag podcast where they got them after the race i listened to it on my run this morning and they were saying like he'll try to do a double peak like try peak now and then peak again um which could be interesting because he'll be a threat at world indoor champs he's got that yep. pencil in that he wants sure. to do that like we're getting a medal there from, from him for sure. Um, and then Jess Hull was in the women's race. She also broke the Australian indoor mile record. She ran, she kept finishing fourth position and she ran 424.06, took down Sarah Jamison's PB. So that's, a, that would have stood for a while. Australian yeah, record. A, Good area, area record as well. Yeah. So Oceana record. Who did she take, sorry? Sarah Jamison's. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that was a good result for Jess. That's what, she broke an Australian record not so long ago, didn't she? 
just can't expect it with Jess. Well, mm-hmm. Jess, Linden, Jess and Linden sort of trading him off right now. Mm. You feel like the indoor yeah. opportunities with Linden over here, yeah. no indoor tracks. Did Linden oh. say when we like? Was she saying that she maybe wanted to do an indoor season, or who was? Actually, I remember someone saying that, like someone, uh, someone significant. Yeah, can't tell off the top of my head, but I've definitely they've done it in the past because there's a three k, not a five k, isn't there? But we can uh, go and yeah, at World Indoors, which is coming yeah. up in where is it? Serbia. Yeah, was it right. Krishna Stanton that got a bronze or something? Yeah, she did, and we can only you only send two people to World Indoors as well. Mm. So yeah, but you'd definitely be having Ollie on that team for sure. Um, did you watch the three k there as well? That was an amazing Whoa. race. George that was Beamish, the race, wasn't it? Yeah. That was which, which was interesting because the mile is usually a more loaded one. But you can probably look at the results in the field of the three k and probably say that was the the main race for the night. Mm, they were both. They were both. They were both loaded, really, weren't they? Um, but the three k had them all. Had the two US blokes that have just turned pro, Cole Hocker. Well, three: Connor Mance, Cole Hocker, and Cooper Tier. And then, um, then you had well, Geordie, who won. Was he was an NCAA champion in the indoor? Was it the indoor fifteen? Last, yeah, Geordie Beamish from New Zealand. You're talking about? Yeah, when he came out of school, he surprised them. NAU guy. I reckon he won it like when he wasn't that fit. Um, had a lot of injuries. Was, yeah, and then he's come out, and then everyone was like, "Whoa, that was." We didn't expect to see that. Uh, there's a couple of couple of Tin Man in there, Drew Hunter and Sam Parsons. Yeah, but this is a different level to those guys, right? Well, when you're the talking guy, about the Guatemalan who um, went to the Olympics oh, and made a 5K. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He um, went to the front, did a little bit of work for a while there. But you're looking at a guy like um, Geordie, who who like wh- when you watch the race, it's it's pretty incredible to watch. Like you mentioned, Brady, that you thought you were watching the wrong race i actually yeah. so because so i knew the result and then i put it on mm-hmm. my laptop and i'm going halfway through the race i'm like oh i've clicked the wrong year must have been and then yeah. i go hang on nah none of these guys like those guys up the front weren't pros last year they were still running for oregon yeah. and then i'm like this must be the right race and then i could not believe he came back from from there he he just gave like and i'm not sure exactly what point i'm going to say so it's a 200 meter track, so what, say, 15 laps? Um, I'm say 40 to go, five to go. Yeah, yeah, pro- yeah, probably five to go. All Eight of a sudden, go, yeah. he he just slipped back, and then someone else passed him, and he gave up the position, and then someone else went past, he gave his position up, and all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, you don't just give your position up in an indoor, indoor race yeah. so easily. Like, you got to fight for that spot because. On a 200-meter indoor track, it is a very small opportunity to pass on the straight because mm-hmm. they're so small. So having position is crucial to winning races, and he's given it up. So he must have gone. I thought, oh, he's he's cooked here. Let's talk about who's going to win. Maybe it's a uh, it's Cole versus Cooper, like the two mates from um, from Oregon. Uh, and then all of a sudden, because I knew yeah. that he won, <laughs> I'm watching him. I'm like. Okay, he's passed a couple, but there's only like 100 metres left and he's still a way back. And then all of a sudden pulls up. Cooper Tear just is, is thinking, no one's passing me. It's me and Cole. I'm going to drift out to slightly block 
Cole and push him a bit wider. And then you just see Geordie just slide into the hole on the inside <laughs> rail. And Cooper, there's a, there's a frame where Cooper tear looks over. He's like, where the hell did you, you come, come from? Up, yeah. Yeah, and he tries, like he tries to kick. Yeah, he tries to yeah. kick again, um, Cooper. But just yeah, there's just too much momentum that Geordie had. Um, and his his acceleration, yeah. his acceleration is just like so impressive. He ran like, 25 just, seconds for the last 200. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, it was a good run. Matthews telling us last week it's impossible to close in under 26 or something. I think he was talking about 800 meter races. Oh, still, even harder over three k. <laughs> But yeah, if you're but, listening to this, yeah. go and go and uh, watch it. So the Milrose yeah, yeah. Games men's three k. We'll put it in the show notes. Just and just watch Beamish the whole time. Like just watch him <laughs> to what he does, how he does that race. But, and then he done a victory lap look, in 37 seconds or something. Yeah. In lane six, he just kept running. It was amazing. He's got the tools to win a championship, like to win a medal. He's got he's got the tools. Like he has the the racing nous. He has the kick. And he, he's run 13.05, was it? Oh, 13.12 or something. Yeah, well, he's run very fast over five. He has strength as well. So he's going to be a real player when it comes to um, championship racing. And he doesn't run a lot of kilometres a week either. Yeah, he's been so injury prone. Just wrapping cotton wool, don't they? Um, mm. Two points here. So first one, their training partner and probably the better runner than both of them at college, Morgan McDonald. What's he sitting back thinking? Like, he's coming back from injuries, but is he thinking, once I get rolling, I can do this? Oh, it'd be, mm. like, I guess it'd be bittersweet for him at the moment. Like, it, he'd be, love to be out there, but to see his squad just absolutely dominating everything they do, it must be exciting for the future. Um, I guess he just needs to stay patient and, you know, respect where his body's at and not push it. Um, a question I had for you guys, because... So... Um, the another on athlete who's coached by Dathan won the women's three k. Um, is it Mon Monson? Monsoon, yeah. Um, elite, yeah, yeah. She just she just won the cross country US yeah. cross country a couple of weeks ago. And so she was wearing the new on spikes. And Sage, who's um, the fiance of Joe Klecker, she ran a significant PB in the was she in the mile? Um, yeah, or the eight hundred. Yeah, yeah. and she also. Yes. And she also wore the new on spikes, and so did Geordie. Um, uh, Ollie didn't because they didn't have his size. But, you know, on has not been a brand that, you know, a lot of top runners have sort of really respected. But do you think that what this what this team are doing with how dominant they've been, it's yeah. going to change the opinion of people and you'll see a lot more people wearing on in the future or in the next, like, few months? Moose is probably best to answer that. Well, I don't think so because you're a track nerd watching an indoor race in New York on YouTube. No one, no one, the general public doesn't care about that. The general public won't ever watch that. And if they do, they're not going to care about what shoes are being worn or the singlet that's being worn. So I actually don't think that it's going to change like shoe sales here anyway. That, yeah. that spike. Like from the track nerd perspective, yep, there's going to be people who want that 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 spike. No, no doubt about it. And uh, we'll probably field inquiries for it. But like we we obviously don't. Well, we don't stock on. Um, and getting that spike 
in the country, well, produced commercially and then into the country. And it's just a like, you know, the Adidas, I mean, the ASICS one never made it to Oz. The Adidas one never made it to Oz. The New Balance one's not coming to Oz. So you just think, well, it's great. It's great they're winning races and we love that they're supporting the sport, but is it going to make a difference? I, I just don't think so. This I, is... I think it would if but, – but I think the, the other side, though, Moose, is like, all right, it, yes, it's just a track race, but these guys are obviously having to train a lot. And so if, if they all stay in one piece and aren't injured, it's like, all right, well, their shoes obviously – like their shoes play a part in keeping somebody, like, injury-free. So, you know, but I think maybe where they've missed it here is this is a purely a track racing team and – like they haven't really branched out into like the road running. Whereas if you saw a few of the, if you saw a few on athletes like dominating marathons, half marathons, that might um, get a few more of the punters on yeah. board with on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, road racing, big city marathons, um, basically anywhere where they'd be a little bit more relatable to a jogger or to a. a a recreational runner. You guys, because are, they just signed Helen O'Beary. She's going to join yeah. them on Athletes Club, mm. and she's going to go to the roads. Like this is an yep. Olympic, what silver yep. medalists over the five or ten? Like she's she's legit. But but back to the point though, I don't think this is the first time, probably ever, that I've followed running. Do I think I am a fan of an actual group? Like, mm. I know these personalities, like the Ollie Hawes and the George Beamish and then, like, Morgan McDonald and the content he puts out there. And I think it's a lot because they're individually putting out content or as a bit of a collective. Joe Klecker, I feel like I know the characters in that group that when they start bringing out merch, you know, it might be on stuff, it might not be on stuff because I think they've got their own branding and stuff with their coffee club um, kind of business as well. I reckon I'm going to be the first person to buy it. And every and they seem to race regularly, and it's like mm-hmm. I think they've got punter buy-in for sure. Like what these guys are doing is um, is working. Yeah. Dodds, you agree? You listen to it, don't you, Crooks? Yeah, I listen to it. Like I think, well, at the well, it's easy to say that at the moment because I feel like the yeah. stars have aligned for this group. You yeah. know, whoever they're all... that group together has got to be like punching the air. Yeah, like they're all racing well. Um, they've got the podcast now. But you know what it's like in running. It only takes one or two of these guys to get injured and, and you know, not perform for six months. And it'll be like, oh, like what's what's happened on, you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas they're, they're, they're up and about at the moment because everything's going well. But we know that, you know, things things change in distance running. And, but Dathan Ritzenheim, like their coach, I think, yeah, he's got a bit to do with that culture they've created and – the success, success they're having. Like it's, yep. Yeah, they've, he's obviously got the buy-in from the athletes. Anyway, go check out the podcast if you want to listen to that one. Uh, let's go thank some Patreon supporters before we come back to the news. This is meant to be a quick show. We haven't even started talking <laughs> about that effect yet. Uh, yeah, so i got, hey? I got Matthew Perotta. Uh, Matthew's run 23.09 for 5K, 48.15 for 10, which he did at the Sun Run last year. Um, which is a relatively hilly course, uh, 208 for the half marathon and 441 for the marathon at the Sydney Running Festival in 2019. He's in the Sydney Harbour Runners Group, rides a bike a bit. Uh, Brady reckons he's got pretty good swag and he's rolling one of those short-style beards. So thanks for your support, Matthew, and uh, good luck if you're doing the Sun Run this weekend. Oh, is it coming up this weekend? Yeah, it's this weekend. Good knowledge from you. Yeah. 
How short is this beard? Oh, it's, it's big enough to be a beard, but you can tell he maintain it, maintains it to keep it short. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a long beard. What about beard. like you? Like I just, you? nah, well, it depends on when you see me. I just kind of like shave once a month and then it just grows back over the month. Unless I get But it you shave on. your whole face? Yeah, haven't you? Yeah. I just get the electric shaver on it, pretty much take it all off, and then I've got it. You are a hairy little beast. And it take, but then I just don't shave for like four or five weeks. That's insane. Hey, Brady, at what, at what age did you want to become like a hipster? Did I want to become one? Yeah, because like nah, you, I'm, I'm you not, love like any, any patron, any patron that looks, any patron that looks half hipster, you're all about. Yeah, Why think... don't you have tattoos of like, I'm scared like of anchors and shit all over you? Yeah, anchors. Yeah, a, com- a compass. <laughs> a compass. Get the compass. <laughs> compass, anchors. What are the other common ones? Skull and crossbones. Sparrows. Yeah, uh, sparrows. Yeah, you know. Swallows, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. No, I don't, nah. <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking about like following your lead, Moose, and getting my uni on my leg, like Latrobe University Bendigo. Nah, you'd be getting a bat there. You've got to get a bat. That's what we we're going to get when we won Divi 2, but the season got cancelled, so we couldn't get oh, it. Oh, you would not get it for Division 2. We were going to do it as a joke if we won it. Anyway, that wouldn't be funny. We'll win That'll Premier Division this year and get it, I reckon. Big bat. No, no, they're not putting you up. They haven't put you up. Oh, we can talk about that off air because I think there's some something, <laughs> something in the works, but I don't want to say Oh, too I don't much think yet. so. I don't think so. Have you heard the same rumours I've heard? What's I've heard talk? you're not going up. Have you? Oh. Yeah. That's not what I heard. But anyway, we'll talk about that off air. Um, and my thing is someone. No, your thing is someone, Moose. Zoe. No, me. Zoe, Zoe Toland. She is from the ADL, which is Adelaide, short for Adelaide. 38.02 at the Adelaide Marathon. <laughs> um, good one, Brady. I haven't spelled Adelaide right there. Just corrected it. <laughs> uh, good one. Um that's the 10K there, obviously. Uh, 2021 5K Park Run Best is an exercise physiologist. So she um, she knows her science. Saw a gang of youths play a gig in 2017. Well, there you go. <laughs> I saw a gang of youths, like the band, not actually a gang of youths. She saw a gang of youths. <laughs> There's no A in there, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just saw a couple Sorry. of kids playing. What's stuff. their main song? Are they famous? Oh yeah, they're real famous. Doesn't Mon, doesn't Mono love Mono them? Mono loves yeah. Gang of Youths. Yeah, that's, what, that's what's making me think they're real uncool. That's sad that <laughs> Mono knows more about Gang of Youths than you do, Moose. Yeah, you does Mono know, know about? They got heaps of hits, Gang of Youths. Magnolia, listen to that song after. Oh, so much passion from there. You'd like Gang of Youths, I think. Anyway, Magnolia. Magnolia. Okay, let me put it in my list. That's a nice song to listen to. Just look at their popular ones on Spotify and you'd go, all right. Um, Tim Leach, I'm thanking you from Brisbane, Queensland. 17.59 for 5K, 38.39 for 10K, 129 for the half marathon at the Sunshine Coast Half Marathon. Uh, part of the in-training running group up there. You know the red and white singlets, fellas? See all those that pretty much yeah, dominate the state of Queensland, don't they? Um, and he came 82nd at the Two Bays uh, trail race a couple of weeks ago. So he must have been down here in Victoria for that one, obviously. Owns a pair of the white, pink, next percent moose. Was that the Tokyo color? Oh, yeah, we liked that. It was Tokyo, you know, There were two Tokyo That's colors, what I'm remember? See how I've yeah. got a question mark next to that in the notes? Because wasn't the yellow also an Olympic color? Nah, well, there was the there was the 2020 original Tokyo colors that then ended up, they ended up getting to do another Tokyo color for 2021, remember? What was the original so, one? I know the one at the white and pink. Yeah, I think it was, had a bit of green on it. It was sort of white green with a bit of pink. Okay. Um, and then they went full white pink. 
I was going through all my old shoes, not my old shoes, but uh, like my collecting shoes, and I have a few. Like I, I kept some from the, the original Tokyo Color. They're like, um, yeah, they're like an off-white with a with a sort of pale green and uh, a bit of pink. Yeah, I've been wearing. I've been still wearing my Alphas version of that. Okay. Oh yeah, I've got a picture now. I know what you're talking about. Um, you know, you've seen it. Yep. Zadipak News Croaks, you want to kick us off? What do you want to talk about first? We'll go to the main event, the 10K. Yeah, so we start with the women's then? Start with the women's because their race was earlier in the night. Yeah, Good race, so, yeah, like conditions were definitely a bit tougher for the women than it was for the men. So it had cooled down a little bit, but when the women were running, it was um, yeah, it was over 30 degrees and it was quite, quite humid. Um, yeah, so we had a pacemaker for the first what, 3K, um, so that was uh, uh, Mazza Downing, um, which basically she just left the field. Um, and then it sort of became like a battle. There was four in the main pack, so there was Rose Davies, Eloise Wellings, Izzy Bat Doyle, and Caitlin Adams, and it was quite clear from early on that it was going to be a battle between those four for the win and, and the podium. Uh, Caitlin was the was the first one to go, um, and then I guess Izzy was the next one, and it was really a battle between Eloise and um, and Rose. And like for me, I think Eloise was probably the most surprising run of the night, off sort of what she'd been doing with the marathon. And you know she's a classy athlete; she's won multiple Zatapex and finished tenth at the Olympics in this event. Um, she sort of went to the front in the last lap, tried to kick, but then Rose, like she did last year with 200 to go, was just too strong. So she won in 32.58. Eloise was second in 33 flat, and Izzy was third in 33.04 with Caitlin, Caitlin coming in fourth in 33.48. So um, very exciting. And yeah, as I said, I think Eloise was like the, the surprise packet for me. Yeah, I'd say nearly run of the night, even though she didn't win. Mm, yeah. Because Rose closed hard. She was only two seconds behind her, so Eloise must have closed hard as well. And the way she kind of started turning the screws there late in the race, and, like, I'm not sure if the other girls know, but she also ran two marathons in the last uh, three or four months. So, like, pretty yeah. solid. Yeah. Men's no, race no, that was good. What did you like about that? Oh, you want to talk about Croaks? You're good at talking. No, no. Oh, yeah, so... Um, this one we had a pacemaker as well. That was Benny Buckingham, um, and they were on pace like pretty early on. But then you sort of got to maybe three. So they wanted to go through in like thirteen fifty, I think, through five k, and they're on that pace for the first couple of k, and then it sort of slowed down a little bit. Um, the main pack was you know, Jack Rayner, uh, Liam Adams, Joel Tobin, White, Dave McNeil. Um, and Matt Clark and Jack Bruce. Jack Bruce I think yeah. they were the yeah, so they were sort of the top six that were battling it out. Um, but then in the second half of the race, uh, it really came down to Jack and and Dave. And Jack was basically leading like most of the way. But then I was surprised. Like Dave went to the front with uh, what you reckon three three to four laps to go, um, which. I personally thought Dave would just sit on Jack for as long as possible, and then if he's still there with 400 to go, just try and outkick him. Um, and so Dave went to the front for maybe a lap and a half, 600 metres or so, and like I thought Jack looked pretty laboured at that point, and I thought Dave would maybe run away with it. But then Jack went back to the front and with like pretty much two laps to go, just wound it up and um, you know got to the bell and had 
you know, too much of a gap for Dave to even be able to sort of, you know, bridge it. So uh, Jack won in 28-16, Dave was second in 28-22, and Liam Adams was third in 28-46. Just held off um, Joel, didn't he? 28-47. Yeah, it was a strong, we, we strong didn't really run. see any footage of those guys, how close that was until they crossed the line, as the cameras yeah. were focusing on Jack and They've had Dave. a couple of battles, actually, in the past. They have, haven't like they? Like that 5K that battle. 5K. And, um, yeah. Yeah, they're... There's yeah. also a half in Sydney. They went one two in, I reckon. Oh, it wasn't close though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, it's yeah, it's funny what this result though, wasn't it? Like you go through oh, the yeah. list of these results, yeah. and there's a lot of like you can start going pass mark, pass mark, pass mark, pass mark, and then there's just like the weather. I don't know if it's the weather or guys cooked from False Creek or people just going out way too hard. But there's a lot of guys that um, I guess with the girls race as well, like have ran a lot slower than anticipated. Mm. Well, if you look at I'd say the top five, no, I'd say the top four, and then they've 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 run well, and then everyone else. Like if you looked at their um, seed times coming in, or their like their form coming in, mm. um, I would be I would just be like, oh, that's not a good run for you guys. Until uh, you get down to the middle of the end, though. Because these, like that group you're just talking about, they're like 60, 90 seconds off their best. But then I think guys like Nick, Archie, Guy Walters, um, Adrian, oh, maybe not Adrian Potter because he's ran pretty quick in the past. But I think those three ran pretty good. Like they've ran 30, 40 seconds off their best. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, that's, and then yeah. there's guys yeah, behind them. There's guys warm. behind them that have run. Like, I didn't think I'd be saying Archie's going to be finishing in front of, you know, Tim Vincent, Kieran Tall, Tom Thorpe. Um, yeah, I think they those three held together pretty well. I think Jack's definitely capable of running a significant 10k PBs. His, his um, PB is 27.59, and those conditions have got to be worth like you know he ran 28.16. Sure. Got to yeah. be worth 17 seconds. So um, you know I wouldn't be surprised if or it depends if he runs a 10k, but you know he'll be able to run well under well under 28 minutes at the moment in right in the right conditions. Cordia Hollingsworth was impressive in the 1500. The youngster spoken about a few times got the win 4.16.5. Melissa Duncan second, 418. Um, H. Campbell. Is that Holly? Holly, Holly, Campbell, Cam- yeah. Holly Campbell. Paige Campbell's sister? Yep. Yep, thought so. 418. Men's race there. These 1500s croaks, they're not as deep as we usually see them at Zadipec. Is that a fair call? Oh, uh, I don't know. It's always a bit tricky because a lot of the big, big names, like, save it for the Grand Prix season. Mm. Um, so... Yeah, like I, I was, I wasn't expecting deep fields in the fifteen hundred. I think we got treated to like a bit of a like exceptional year last year as well when we saw most of the Melbourne Track Club guys running the fifteen. You know, like Gregson, yeah. and Joy Williams and stuff like that. Uh, Luke, and there'll be some, there'll be some big fifteens coming up over the next few months in the lead up to nationals. Yeah, Luke Young won the men's three forty eight. Jude Thomas second three forty nine. Zach Patterson third three forty nine point eight. Uh, we're talking about the kids three Ks yet? We haven't. So this was no, Australian three K championships <laughs> under twenty. When you get to our kids, age, you call them kids. Kids are a bit harsh. A bit kids. harsh. Teens, they're still teenagers. Kids, twenty year they're, le- they're, they're legal. They're they're able to drink. No, they're under twenty. They're still teenagers. Well, some of them, yeah. If they're, if they're over eighteen, they can drink. Yeah, drink and vote, smoke. They can do what they want. These kids. Yeah, they can join the join the defence force. They could. They can go and fight for our country. Yeah, let's not call them kids. Not kids, teenagers, under twenties. Let's call them under twenties. This was a fascinating race in the men's because um, like there's a couple of guys who have broken eight ten in this field. 
And a lot of them just jogged around, and then it was just a big wind-up with two or three laps to go. Thomas Diamond. But, but so, remember, Brady, when this when these races were on, it was a lot hotter. Mm. So it, mm. the, these guys were first, the sun was still up, and they were suffering a bit from the heat here. So, like, it's a bit harsh. A bit harsh to call that. It was, yeah, it, it was like more like 34 degrees at this point, like, which, is, which is hot. You don't mm. think they were jogging, though? So a lot of guys still would have been comfortable in those first 2K. Well, you just gave your mate Archie Reed a massive chop out for being like 40 seconds off his best. Yeah, and these guys, ten, these guys are 10 seconds off their best and you're getting into them. Oh, I'd say and it was 20 much, seconds off their best. And that's over 3K. Much hotter, He's over it was much hotter for this race too. I'm just saying, By the time I'm, that the I'm saying it was a tactical race. This was tactically... It was beautiful. Look at those results. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'll rephrase it. It was a tactical performance where a lot of people were focusing on their kicks and didn't want to string it out from the gun. Is that fair to say? You, you need to go through the educate, like the uni, the education system, maybe a university of track running, Brady. I know Crocs that happens take, regularly. I know that happens through. regularly. Kick down races not, happen in championships. They're not running for time. I know they're not running for time. I didn't say they were running for time. But I'm sa- there's a few guys in this race that should have ran for time because you could have gone from the gun and there would have been four people together at the bell. It would have burned. You go for those- the gun. It was probably like, by the time when this race was on, it was 33, 34 degrees in the sun. Yeah, really destroying us in that heat. I know really what, chucking I know, the coals. I know what you're saying, Brady, because Strength even runs. the guy that even the guy that won, so Thomas Diamond, yeah, so he won the race in eight. He won the race in eight twenty four. His interview after the race said that it played into his hands that it wasn't that quick early and that he was still there and he was able to like unleash a decent kick at the end over some of the guys who yes have run faster over 3k in like time trial style yeah, races milers kind of stuff they, they don't they don't have the closing closing speed yeah so so this yeah, guy I know actually, what you're saying this there. guy actually ran his pb at 8:24 but he's a 347 yeah. guy so he's sitting there going beautiful like i just need my speed here whereas there's guys that 805 guys and they're they're relying on their kick finish anyway thomas diamond won 824 bailey habler was second 826 patrick cantlin was third 827 women's race croaks i missed this you see it uh saw a little bit of it it was it was a runaway um so yeah so amy um bunnage she won 937 but she like she was a long way in front for like probably the second half of the race um, like you knew that she had it wrapped up Lucinda Rourke was second 9.48 and Aspen Anderson was third in 9.50 okay that's that a pick wrap, wrapped up weren't allowed on the track which is disappointing if you want to know our uh, comments during the actual race check out our oh game. and no beers and no, no, beers, no beers at, the venue. at all come on let's build some hype build some atmosphere hot January what are you selling there like cokes or something two Powerades no sugar Powerades you even get a maybe? coke I don't know. Yeah. I wasn't there. I was sitting at home talking to you. Hey, Biff. can you remember when Melbourne Marathon was sponsored by Powerade and they gave out sugar-free Powerades at the end of the marathon? <laughs> nah, I can't. That was so they just released sugar-free Powerade, and that's the drink they gave. They chose to give to the competitors that have just finished a marathon. A sugar-free Powerade. They, <laughs> they could have given it to people during the marathon. <laughs> I would have taken it during, like. A little bit of electrolyte, maybe a little bit. Oh, I get what you're saying. Carbs. carbs, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But afterwards, like, give me sugar straight away. I want a frozen Coke, any type of soft drink, 
maybe a like chocolate milk, but you're going to give me a sugar-free nothing drink? Oh, terrible marketing. Whoever made that decision. Uh, last bit of news, Moose. You got some there about Daniel Coleman. Fair. This was quick. Oh yeah, so like they call it the untouchable world record, right? The um, I think we're seeing that it can be touched. So Coleman ran seven twenty four ninety world record. Um, Berahu Aragawi, he just came up short in his crack at it. So he ran seven twenty six twenty. He was. He needed 57.9 final 400 to get the record, but didn't. Uh, this is this is now like race atmosphere. We're going to see this record go, I reckon, at some point. It's just, just getting it's getting peppered now. Yeah. Also, though, we should mention that this is indoor record, not outdoor. Mm. So okay. Coleman holds oh, right. Co- yeah, Coleman holds the world outdoor record at 720. Yeah. So that's that's, that's, yeah. that's quite un, that's quite untouchable. Whereas this is the indoor record. Yeah, this gotcha. is the guy that won the Diamond League final, though, didn't he? On that outdoor, did. or outdoor track, yeah, for 5K. Ethiopian. Yeah. Yeah, and he just he's run a few rogue 5Ks lately, I think, very quick. Yeah. yeah, didn't he do the one where Christian, that one? Mine, saw oh. footage of that guy was winning because he was so far in front. But this guy might have been second or third there. Not 100% sure. I thought that was, yeah. I thought it was Aragawi that won that one as well. No, nah, it wasn't. Wasn't it? No. Nah. Nah, okay. Hey, you have been looking up stuff, Moose, and the uh, Box Hill Burn is 5K, not 3K. Ah, Peroni. You <laughs> should have put a slab Figuera. on it. You should have put a slab on it. You didn't back What's yourself. So Why were you so confident? There is a 3K like, at Box Hill, isn't there? there not that I remember. Maybe a, a Milers. What's the one where, oh, you know what I'm thinking of, Croaks, that one that we did the live stream for, Australian 3K champs. Jack Bruce won it, and Jen Gregson, we spoke about it last week, 3K at Box Hill. Normally, if someone's like got it wrong, then they show a degree of unsureness. But you were just fully all in. Well, it's because there's races <laughs> at Box Hill pretty much every second week, and most of the time they're three k's. I reckon. Oh yeah, I got to remember hey, that. Killed you with confidence, there, didn't I? And Brad, you can you can apologise to me as well because it was Aragawi that that did that five k um, in Barcelona on the roads on thirty first of December with Christian. He won it in twelve forty nine. Oh, sorry, Craig. You know what I'm thinking about? Another excuse. I'm thinking about the 10K you are all over the shop. You know yeah, the 10K Valencia? Right. Maybe daily. Like I got up, I ran, I went to work, put a kid to bed. Now I'm on the podcast at 8.30 at night. Now, you know what it was? You know what it was? Because you were on holidays during this period. So you just left us and, you know, You know that care. race I'm talking about, though? That 10K where Christian fell yeah. over. I, I was thinking of that one. That wasn't yeah, I'm talking about the bar- Yeah, I'm talking about the Barcelona one that Christian did Take where he broke, uh, broke 15 minutes on the road. Oh, Christian, he'll be deep in his prep at the moment. He'll be building for Seville he'll be getting ready uh, can we skip listen to question go moose on the loose and then we might yep. wrap up and go because this is a long show yeah it's a bit long a bit Keep long that one for tired. Next week. Ben yeah. if you're listening out there though your question's coming up next week got it written in front of me put a note in your diary set an alarm your question is coming up in episode 223 this week's show is brought to you by the Think Big Run the Bridge in Hobart coming up on February 27th it's the 13th edition of Tasmania's biggest fun run which includes Australia's richest 10k road race This year, no less than 10 Olympians have confirmed, making it a star-studded field for their unique battle of the sexes. This is where the elite women's field get a head start on the men and main field of the difference between the course records. Last year, both course records were broken, with Jen Gregson taking line honours in 32-21 and Jack Rayner 28-28, which means this year the elite women will start 3 minutes and 53 seconds in front of the men. 
While the first male and female across the line get $3,000 each, the first person across the line gets a bonus $3,000. It's a concept that began in 2016, and so far men have won it four times and women twice. They're also offering a parallel virtual event for the third time for the medal collectors out there, which is a unique Tassie-made timber medal. The most exciting thing to announce tonight, however, is that will be the first event in the world to offer NFT finisher medals. Don't know your crypto from your blockchain? That's okay. In a nutshell, each finisher will receive a digital medal sent to them either via email or through their active place account, which is personalized with your name, time, and event on it. This is the biggest change to medals since the first commemorative finisher medals were given in an event 583 years ago. Can't get to the event in person? Watch the live stream on the event's Facebook page or on the Inside Running Facebook page. With an epic field, Battle of the Sexes race component and taking in all the iconic landmarks of Hobart, it's right up there as one of the best streams to view in Australia. What do you got, yeah. Moose on the Loose? Moose on the Loose, so got a lot of great feedback from the political stuff. It's going mm. real well. Um, also got some negative feedback about it too. <laughs> so we're just going to ignore that because hate has gone hate, Brady. Hate has gone hate, so let's leave the haters hating. Now I'm going to talk about the Australian Open. Um, this one's about the crowd booing like participants or athletes at the Australian Open. So you watched this, didn't you, Croaks? You yeah. watched a lot of tennis. Now, yeah. when when like no matter you've got to do some pretty bad shit to to, to get to cop a boo from the crowd, don't you? Like that's just. You gotta, you gotta be some sort of like sex offender, or you gotta have abused some, like, be, treated someone really poorly in the past to cop booing from a crowd. Not you just be the. You reckon? Well, you, yeah, aren't, aren't they making some it? other noise though, not booing? Yeah, but what about at the footy? People boo the opposition all the time. And they boo the umpires. <laughs> oh, I reckon they boo, boo they certain opposition as they well. They definitely boo someone if they come in to kick a goal. Yeah. yeah, why? What are you doing that for? To, I think they're trying to put them off, aren't they? No, there's, a diff, there's a real difference between putting, like booing to put someone mm. off and booing because you're showing, like, you, you don't, because don't you're trying someone. to bully them almost. Yeah, and you're trying stuff. to, like, show, exactly, yeah, show your real displeasure at that person for some reason. Trying to who knows them. what it is? It's like, it's just totally not part, like, what I consider good behavior, like moral behavior, like good moral, polite behavior. Um, I think if there's an athlete out there on, on the court or on the field or on the track and they're competing, like you don't have to cheer for them, but you don't boo them. That's just not, just because the opposition's Australian and you prefer them to win doesn't mean that you attack the other opponent. You just cheer harder for the Australian. That's how I see it. This, uh, this surprises me from you, Moose, because I thought potentially you would go the other way in that you guys are professional athletes. You know, but you're there to enter, you're there to entertain. Just do your job, and you know we've paid out a, we've paid our money, and we can sort of boo if we want. We're not hurting you. Um, the problem I had, the other Moose on the loose you could have related to this one, Moose, was a lot of the time though, especially early on in the tournament, there was talk that actually wasn't booing. It was. Like, you know, Ronaldo mm, does... Suing like, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, and so the reason why they think they're doing that was because even when, like, Kyrgios would, like, they would win a point, 
it sounded like they were booing, where it's like, well, they're not going to be booing because Kyrgios won a point. Like, they're all, they're all for them winning. And so that's, I think, what was happening for the, a lot of the Australian Open, which I think is just stupid anyway. Like, how is that, a, like, how is that even relevant? You win a point and yeah. everyone goes like, yeah. It was. I thought it was quite childish and pathetic. This yeah. is yeah. Uh, it's real taking that you know just pop culture comments about society. This segment, hasn't it? What, what about Kyrgios, your fan crooks? Kyrgios uh, and Kokonakis. Can't you uh, ask him this off air? What is no, this I want to know on air. I want to um, know on air. Aspects of it, yes. Like I. Like when Nick's playing well and he's in the right, you know, mindset, like he's as good as anybody. Like some of the stuff that he comes up with is incredible. Like there's no doubt he's a he's a natural athlete. What annoys me is the things that set him off. Like just maybe suck it up sometimes, you know, like just chucking a tantrum over like really small things. That frustrates me. Um, so, but in terms of like it was entertaining tennis to watch um yeah i don't know it's yeah there's obviously a little bit of arrogance there like a little bit yeah well a fair bit which i I think maybe in other sports is accepted but because tennis is traditionally one of those sort of proper prim and proper sports where you know you're very courteous to each other and like a gentleman it's a you know gentleman's sport sort of thing it's meant to be and so they go against that trend um, mm. But it, I think it does maybe it does bring different fans into the tennis. It's like Happy Gilmore, mate. Yeah, it is a little bit. It is. Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly it's it exactly Happy Gilmore. Yep. And is it good for the game of golf? Well, Shooter McGavin says no. <laughs> no, but I, but I did you like Shooter McGavin? I didn't like Shooter McGavin. No, nah, no one likes Shooter McGavin. Yeah. So I preferred Happy. <laughs> yeah, we did like Happy. But at the time, you're like happy. What the fuck, mate? You, you get this is not on. Yeah, so you can, you can you watch happy and you go. You don't be behaving like this, happy. Terrible behavior. There's arguments there. There's definitely arguments either way for this. But I, I'm with you. Like, like I have more of an issue with actually like the booing. I don't have so much of an issue with. I have more of an issue with people trying to put them off their serve, like mid serve calling out. I think I think that's worse than actually like booing in between that's points. That's bad too. That that's, is bad. I think that's I think that's worse. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. When yeah. it's a game of concentration like that, like yeah. maybe like where you watch the NBA and you got they actually set like fans up behind them, give them bloody whackers, and try to put them off all the time. Yeah, and so, so that's and, and that's the argument that I thought you would potentially go the other way in that you know like you're a professional athlete, you, you're making so much money, like just learn to learn to deal with those situations because they do obviously in the NBA, like they still have to concentrate on putting that ball in the hoop, and you've got people behind them trying to put them off. So, but I think it's more just that tennis has never been like that culture has never been part of tennis, so that's why it's so off-putting. Where you know that's that's fair game in basketball. Yeah, yeah, it's a culture thing, and that they're just yeah. shaking the culture up. But yeah. and then I think, how much did Medved win for coming second? How much 1. is his career earnings? One point five million. Fuck one, him. I think. Fuck him. He can deal with some <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm getting booed for that much. I don't care what happens. <laughs> All right. What's going up in your life, fellas? Obviously, not watching tennis because that's over. What are you doing though, Moose? 
What am I? Uh, yeah. Back to work again this week. So organising the camp, brilliant camp. Um, how, and up. how many spots you got left? Sure, you booked. Yeah, not that quick. many left. Not that uh, many. You got to get in. Got in quick. You got to get in. The way he's plugging it though, Croaks. I feel that he hasn't got anyone signed up yet. <laughs> Go with the old like, scarcity tactic. Come, come to Canberra Marathon. Uh, <laughs> no, no, we got people signed up. It's got spots are limited. You got some good. It's going to be good. Down yeah, we get, we get it. It's going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> Croaks, what are you doing? A uh, bit of teaching, a bit of running, hopefully hit sort of 90K for the week, uh, counting down until the footy season starts, five weeks. Yeah. That will come around quick. Thanks for listening, legends. Uh, long and the short of it, they're out Thursday morning. That was good the last week as well by himself, wasn't it? I might put, I'll definitely put 20 minutes on the end of this one. I think we forgot, forgot to do that last week so you can hear what they've been up to. See you, fellas. See you guys. Have a good week. Same you. This week's show was with thanks to the Think Big Run the Bridge in Hobart on Feb 27th. There's plenty of ways to get involved. You can either head to Hobart and run it live, you can enter and do the race virtually, or tune in to watch the live stream of the event on event morning. Head to hobartrunthebridge.com.au for all the details.